Hey, people of St. Bart's, welcome on this fifth Sunday of Easter. We're so glad that you're here with us. We hope to be gathering again soon. We're working on that, so keep praying. We also want to say thank you to all of our mothers in the parish, whether you're a mother of children, uh, you're about to be a mother, uh, or you're a spiritual mother, whether you've discipled people in your workplace, or in your home, no matter where it is, we celebrate you. We thank you so much. Uh, and we're so grateful for you because you remind us of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord, who heard the words of God through the angel Gabriel and said yes. And because of her, she helped usher salvation to all the world. So today we'll listen to the words of her son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll celebrate his resurrection. As we begin our worship today, make sure that you have a bulletin with you so that you can participate with us. Alleluia, 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 Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth shall proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. O come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Alleluia. Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So also consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Alleluia. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Alleluia. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Be joyful in God, all you lands. Sing the glory of his name. Sing the glory of his praise. All the earth bows down before you, sings to you, sings out your name. He turned the sea into dry land, so that they went through the water on foot, and there we rejoiced in him. Bless our God, you peoples. Make the voice of his praise to be heard.
Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. So 
Open up 
Today's first lesson is from 1 Peter. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. The word of the Lord. Our second reading for today is from the Gospel of John. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, what have I told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. The word of the Lord.
Thanks be to God. Please be seated for the sermon. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for these intimate and urgent words. Speak to us today and form us. Do your work in us and through us. We pray to you, O Father, in the name of the Son, by the power of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hopefully you did read Chris's newsletter from Thursday, talking about John 14, reminding us of these words of Jesus that are both intimate and urgent. And it's interesting, isn't it, that John chapter 13 has so many pivotal moments in it. So I want to set the context and then ask three questions, both of Jesus and of us. But the context for John 14 finds us in a place where Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet, an unthinkable thing for the supposed Messiah to do. Jesus has said that there is a betrayer, someone who will betray him, someone who will give him over. Jesus has given them a new commandment. So there's, there's a lot of things happening. Jesus also tells Peter that he will deny him. So it makes sense that Jesus says in verse 1 of John chapter 14, let not your hearts be troubled. We'll come back to that in a minute. The other thing I want you to remember about the context of John 14 and really all of the gospel of John is summed up by theologian John Baer. And he says this, the gospel of John begins where Matthew, Mark, and Luke conclude. In their accounts, it is only at the end, by encountering the crucified and risen one in the opening of the scriptures, that the disciples finally know who Christ is. This is the very point at which the Gospel of John begins. So there's a movement from a human perspective in the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, to a divine perspective. And we see that when we read John chapter 1, the beautiful prologue, uh, in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We see the, the co-inherence of the Trinity right there in that first chapter. So two things, the context, there, this is a troubling moment. As Chris said, it's, it's an intimate and urgent discourse, but also we have this discourse and we view it most appropriately, most fruitfully through the lens of a divine Position. Not that we're God, but we're seeing it through the lens that Jesus wants to see it through. Like, like I said a few weeks ago, we behold both the crucified and risen Lord. The crucified one is the glorified one. Now, I have three questions for us today. And, the first, and they're all about Jesus. The first one is, where is Jesus going? We hear Peter ask that in John chapter 13. And Thomas and Philip also asked the same question. And we know where Jesus is going. He's about to go to the cross to be glorified. We know that he's going to the Father. We know that he's making a way. We know that uh, St. Peter, who after the events of this night, when Peter denies Jesus three times, after the events of the day of Pentecost, when Peter preaches in great magnitude, and many come to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that after he preaches to Cornelius, the first Gentile, to come to faith in Christ, to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, as Peter writes his epistle 
to those scattered all over Asia Minor, we heard it in 1 Peter chapter 2 today, that Jesus is also going to a place where he can make his people into a holy priesthood, a holy nation unto him, a people that will offer to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, spiritual sacrifices. So we know that Jesus is going somewhere specific to the Father. Theologian N.T. Wright says the right hand of the Father is perhaps a little bit like the control room of the universe. In our day, when we send out satellites and, and discovery probes all the way to Mars and to orbit all sorts of planets and follow comets and everything, it, it seems a little maybe simplistic to think that that Jesus went up into the sky, even though that's what the disciples saw in Acts as he ascended into heaven. But we know that he's somewhere else, but he's totally close to us. But we know that he had to go somewhere in order for us to be who he's made us to be, who he's called us to be. So the second question is this. If Jesus is going to the Father... Who is he with? Well, he makes it very clear to Philip, who Philip needed further clarification. We, you know, St. Uh, Thomas asks the question, Lord, how are we going to know the way? We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answers with a famous answer, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And so Philip needs further clarification in verse 8. He says, Lord, show us the Father. It's enough for us. Jesus says in verse 9, Have I been with you so long, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? And skipping down to verse 11, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. So we know that Jesus is going to the Father, we know that Jesus is also with the Father. We know that Jesus doesn't do anything on his own authority, but he does whatever the Father instructs him to do. And friends, this is a beautiful picture of the unity of the Trinity, that one in essence, as we'll say in a moment in the Nicene Creed, one in essence, undivided, eternally begotten of the Father, is our Lord Jesus, the, the eternal Word of God, the eternal Son of God, but distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in this time, when, where our context is uncertainty, confusion, fear, perhaps some desperation, we need to know where Jesus was going in this moment. We need to know where he is now. We need to know who he is with. And friends, in this moment, Jesus is not only with the Father at his right hand, ruling and reigning. In this moment of uncertainty, Jesus is also with us. What's the way forward, God? What do we do? I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am with the Father. 
Well, just show us the Father, Jesus. It reminds us of Moses. Well, show me your glory, God. (laughs) Isn't that simple? It should be pretty easy. And Jesus tells Philip, Philip, have you known me so long? Have you been with me so long that you don't know that I am in the Father? And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we know where Jesus is going, to the Father. We know who he's with. He's with the Father. And lastly, what is Jesus doing? He's doing a lot of things in this passage. He's preparing his friends. These men that he has cultivated and put up with and encouraged and shepherded and strengthened and rebuked and exhorted and admonished and done life with, and washed their feet. He is doing something to prepare the way for them. He's preparing a way for them for the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit will be poured out, when great signs and wonders are, are going to be done. He's preparing them for the persecutions of the early church. He's also preparing us. You and me. He's making us ready to follow him. He's inviting us into the work of his father. Into the work that he was doing on this earth. So that our work isn't disparate from what he was doing. That our work is not a new thing. But our work is a continuation of his kingdom work that he did while he was on this earth. And also, he goes, he says... To prepare a place for us. That's part of his going to the Father. He's making a way. Making room for us to be with him. Be with his Father. Be with the eternal triune God for all eternity. Think about your home. What do you like about it? I'm sure there are things you don't like about it. But what are the things that make you feel safe? comfortable? What are the things that bring you life about your home? Friends, one day we will dwell with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in perfect unity as as a bride with her bridegroom, says the book of Revelation. And as we behold God's unapproachable glory in all of his essence and energies, we will Behold him in his beauty, and we will become truly like him as God's children, his sons, and his daughters. And so Jesus is doing all sorts of things, but he's preparing a place that we might abide with him and his Father and the Holy Spirit for all eternity. One day we're going to look back at coronavirus 2020. Let's hope. There's no hyphen after that. And we're going to learn a lot of lessons. God will have taught us how to pray, how to listen, how to be still, how to be kind to ourselves. He will have taught us many, many things. And friends, all of those lessons, all of those struggles, St. Paul says, are helping achieve for us an eternal weight of glory that, that is far greater than any of these troubles we're going through. So when you hear Jesus' words in John 14, let not your heart be troubled, know 
that it's not just a passing sentiment. He wants us to rest, just like we're going to rest one day in his presence, fully and completely. He wants us to rest in him. So I ask you three different questions now for you. In this season, where we feel so much uncertainty, have so many voices coming at us from so many directions, where are you going? Who are you following right now? It's easy to to find someone and to key off of them, whether it be someone on the news or a leader or whatever, but, but ultimately, who are you following? Where are you going? Secondly, who are you with? Are you walking alone? Many of you are right now. But we're reminded that As God's people, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation unto God, continuing steadfastly in the apostles' teaching that pure milk that we may mature as God's people. And even though for this brief season we're separated, Peter wrote to saints who were separated, dispersed, pilgrims, exiles, sojourners, even though we're separated right now, We're still part of this good and beautiful, visible bride of Christ. Where are you going? Who are you with? And lastly, what are you doing? I don't ask that in a way to say, well, you should be doing more, or you should be doing this or that. I ask you, what are you doing? In the sense of whose works are you doing? When you get on that Zoom call with your coworkers, when you talk to your neighbor, when you cook dinner, when you serve someone else, are you doing it as one of these greater works of Christ that we can only do if we do them in Jesus' name, as his emissary, as his representatives, as images of God? Or are you doing your own works for your own maybe to satisfy your own desires. If we will set aside all of our desires and do the works of God that he's calling us to do, we will find ourselves moving in a direction of being fully human. We will find ourselves in a place where we're beholding God and becoming more like him. And we'll realize that we have been following Jesus the way, the truth, the life. We have been with his company of disciples, and we have been doing his works. Let us pray. Lord God, we beg you to help us to remove the focus of our eyes and our energy and our attention from ourselves. And Lord, would you train them on your cross, that place of glorification and that place of death. We pray that we would die continuously, just as we were united in Christ in our baptism, and we died with him, and we were raised again with him. May we die daily as we take up our cross and follow our Lord Jesus. And we beg you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to fill us with your power so that we can do greater works 
than you did, Lord Jesus, as we follow you, you who are the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. As a way to affirm our faith, I invite you to take your bulletin, and we'll say together the Nicene Creed, that creed that outlines this beautiful Trinitarian faith that we have been invited into, this dance of mystery in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show your mercy upon us. And grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide those who govern us. And lead us in the way of justice and truth. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. And let your people sing with joy. O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. And defend us by your mighty power. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God. And take not the Holy Spirit from us. This is the collect for the fifth Sunday of Easter. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, our King, by the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the first day of the week, you conquered sin, put death to flight, and gave us the hope of everlasting life. Redeem all our days by this victory. 
Forgive our sins. Banish our fears. Make us bold to praise you and to do your will. And steal us to wait for the consummation of your kingdom on the last great day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. At this time, I invite your own prayers. Think about your homes, about your, yourselves, those people in your lives. Pray for those who are in need, those who are anxious, those who are suffering, those who are in want. And we think especially and pray especially for those who are on the front lines of this crisis. Together, let us say, Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you've given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplications to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. People of St. Bart's, go forth this week knowing that we walk the way who is Jesus himself and that we are blessed ones, and receive now his blessing, the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May he be with you now and remain with you always. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, and upon those in the tombs bestowing life. Alleluia. Have a great week, people of St. Bart's.